morning, everybody. How are y'all doing? Thank y'all for braving the heat. It's starting to heat up pretty quick. Uh, but I tell you what, we, you know, we're only a few weeks away, you know, maybe about six or eight weeks away from some nice cool weather. And it's going to be actually really, really nice out here. Uh, for the foreseeable future, this is where we're going to try to meet and uh, conduct church. Uh, we're just trying to go with the flow and, and be as agile as we can uh, during this COVID season and uh, still believing that God is going to intervene and move and this is just going to all play out the way that it should. Uh, in the meantime, it is good to meet out here. It feels kind of good and uh, I will try to make make it worth uh, your efforts to be here. If you're watching us via live stream, thank you so much for tuning in. We love you. We're just praying that the Spirit of God just meets you right there like it was here. And uh, I agree with Kate. I like that song, Rattle. That's some good things. Hey, someone's got some dead things in your life, some things that you've given up on, and you just need to speak the Word of God and let, let the Word of God breathe some life back into it. So I like that. If That old saying, as Kate said, if that doesn't light your fire, then your wood's wet. See, where I, when, what my preacher used to say, if that don't stir your soul, your spoons fell out of your bowl. So, uh, you know, some of you need to make sure you put your spoon back in there and let your soul get stirred up a little bit today. So how's the Amen Corner doing back there? We got a whole Amen Corner under the pavilion. Look at that. Amen. So, all right, we're a little thinner today. Uh, some of it, we've, we've actually got a few families that uh, are, are taking precautions where they, they've kind of been exposed here and there uh, to other folks, perhaps at their jobs or wherever, to COVID-19. So they're having to kind of take a little precaution and quarantine and test and all that stuff. So we're praying for them. Uh, hopefully y'all are watching. We're praying for you. Uh, but, but in the meantime, uh, I, we encourage everyone just to stay safe and take all the precautions you can and, and take it serious. And uh, I know there's a lot of politics that's missed in, uh, mixed into all this and people are bickering back and forth. But uh, hey, I say, you know, it's, it's, I'd rather be overcautious than not. And, and uh, trust in the Lord, but also be wise. You know, I believe God's going to, I believe God is protecting me today, but it doesn't mean I'm going to go play ball out on I-30, you know what I mean? <laughs> so uh, you, you use wisdom. And uh, uh, so we're going to continue with that. Today we're going to start uh, with uh, the covenant. We're going to talk about the covenant that God made with Abraham. And for about 12 weeks or so, we've been talking about faith. And so we're going to learn how that faith ties us in uh, to the covenant of Abraham and exactly what that means. You know, it, it's the whole Old Testament is really based around this covenant, and the New Testament is based around grafting us into this covenant, uh, and, and it's a big word. That word covenant sounds pretty powerful and pretty mighty, and, and you have the Ark of the Covenant and all this stuff, you know, all this stuff that you hear about, and it's really simple. And, and once we start getting into it, you'll, you're going to sit there and say, well, this is stuff I kind of already know. I mean, we all say it, hey, I trust, I trust in the Lord, and he takes care of me. In a nutshell, that kind of wraps it all up, uh, the covenant. But it's, it's like an insurance policy. When you start diving into what it actually means, you start realizing just what all it entails and how secure you are in him and how you can fully walk in faith. And you start asking yourself, why do I let myself get so anxious about stuff? Why do I spend so much energy worrying about stuff? Why do I bicker about stuff? Why do I let divisions come into my... All of a sudden, it opens up a whole world of freedom, a whole world of assurance. And uh, so, uh, and it allows you to know who you are in Him and where, 
where, what your part of the relationship with him is about. It allows uh, religion and religious traditions just to fall away and, and true relationship to be birthed in your life. So uh, if you have your Bibles or if you want to uh, go to the website, uh, gatheringviridian.com, and click on the uh, park service, the outdoor service, uh, you'll be able to see all the scriptures I'm going to use today. But we're going we're gonna to camp out for a few weeks, Genesis chapter 12, which is the basis of the covenant that God made with Abraham. He expands on it later, will expand on it later. Uh, but, but for uh, the next few weeks, we're going to camp out here and just dissect three simple scriptures. Three simple scriptures and dive in as simple as they are. They are so deep and so rich uh, with, with God's covenant. So buckle up. You guys ready? We're going we're gonna to try to go through this rather quick. All right, I heard one hand clap, so that's good. Somebody's ready. Uh, we're going to try to get hyped up here. Hey, if... Let, let me encourage you. you know, Ryan's going to be going, uh, doing, doing a worship college for about two months. And, and yet we're not going to let the youth slow down. We're just going to keep the momentum that he has. So if you're a teenager, if you've got a teenager, make sure you get them here during the month of September and October and then to November because uh, uh, David and Becca are going to be here to pour into the youth. And I am actually going to, for 13 years, I served as youth pastor and I was known as the most dangerous youth pastor on the planet. And so this is like, I'm telling you, this is like big news. It's like Stone Cold Steve Austin coming out of retirement for wrestling, right? I mean, and, and I was telling them this morning, and what's bad, they're all, the, all the staff is acting nervous about it. I don't know what they're nervous about. Because I promise you, whatever we do is going to be legal somewhere on this planet. It will be legal, okay? So, so yeah, we're going to go out. We're going to get out of control. Double O-C, out of control. Ryan, double O-C, all right? Out of control. Double OC at the OLP, Overlook Park. That's what I'm talking about. So, Genesis chapter 12. Let's read, starting with verse 1. Now in Haran, the Lord said to Abram, Go for yourself, for your own advantage, away from your country and from the, and your relatives and your father's house. To the land I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you with abundant increase of favors, and make your name famous and distinguished, and you will be a blessing, dispensing good to others. And I will bless those who bless you, who confer prosperity or happiness upon you, and curse him who curses or uses insolent language toward you. And you will all the families and kindred of the earth be blessed, and by you they will bless themselves. So Abram departed as the Lord had directed him. Now I want to turn our attention to verse 1. That's what we're going to concentrate on this week is verse 1. Now in Haran, the Lord said to Abram, Go for yourself, for your own advantage. Get up and go, because this is going to be good for you. Go away from your country. Go away from your relatives. And go away from your father's house. Because I got a land that I'm going to show you and I'm going to give you. That's the first part of the covenant. Now this word covenant, it's a, it's a powerful sounding word. You don't hear it very much anymore outside of biblical context. It goes beyond just a promise. It goes beyond just an agreement. The word covenant in Hebrew is berith. And that word berith means to cut 
at the place of bleeding. Ooh, there's a lot of foreshadowing in that. That there was blood shed for the sake of a covenant. Christ on the cross. But it means to, to cut or, or uh, an essence of cutting or pertaining to cutting. And what would happen with the ancients is uh, if, if JJ and I were going to make a covenant together and, and we said, look, this is going to be more than just an agreement. It's going to be more than just a promise. But, but from here on out, our families will forever be linked. We're going to teach our children that our families are linked. We're going to keep, teach our grandchildren that our families are linked. If the Jordans start, start falling aside, we're going to come in and we're going to help them. If the butlers start falling aside, they're going to come in and lift us up. We are making a covenant together that no matter what, we got each other's backs. Then what we would do if we lived back then, because it, you know, you're always sacrificing animals to God and stuff, but you would take one of those sacrificial animals and cut it in two and divide it and lay the two sides of the animal out. And then we would together walk through and state the covenant. We would walk between those animals and state the covenant, whatever it was that, hey, from now on, our families are linked and we got each other's backs. Well, God made a covenant. And, and basically what, you're, what the word covenant means, a berith, or to cut, it mean, it's almost as if you're saying, should we break this agreement, let us be split apart. Let, let me be split apart like this animal. And well, no one, would, no one wants to do that. So that means that you're going to take that, that agreement pretty serious to the point of death. And God said, I'm making a covenant with you, Abram. His name wasn't Abraham yet. That comes later in the covenant. But he said, Abram, I'm going to make a covenant with you. I'm going to make an agreement with you. You're not making a covenant with me. I'm making one with you. In a few weeks, we'll talk about there was some splitting of animals, and God was the one who walked in between the animals. Abraham didn't have to. God made the covenant himself. Because this is all about God. It's not about us. It's all about him. So that's what this word covenant means. God has made some agreements with Abram and there's a, there's a physical representation of what it means and there's a spiritual representation of what it means. The physical representation and the physical covenant was a promise to Abraham and his seed, his, his, his DNA, his children, his grandchildren and all the generations that would come that would eventually become the nation of Israel. And to this day, you can see God's hand. Even though you, if you ever get a chance to go over there, which I, I said a few weeks back that we will, at some point, we will do a, a trip to the Holy Lands, a gathering church trip to the Holy Lands. I'm just going to speak that out. But if you, if you get a chance to go over there, really their society is a secular society. They're not really a bunch of religious folk. You do have some Orthodox folk over there, but for the most part, it's a secular society. And, and for the most part, they've kind of turned their backs on God. And yet God still honors this five, 6,000-year-old covenant he made with Abraham. And there's some incredible things that takes place, even to the point of prospering them. Uh, if, if you've been there, you can, you can drive from uh, Jerusalem down to the Dead Sea and, and along that main highway, and, and Bob, you guys have been there, uh, you know, along where, where Masada is out by the Dead Sea is beautiful, beautiful. It's some of the richest, uh, richest amounts of oxygen because it's one of the lowest places on earth. And, and yet, as you're driving along that highway, there's the Jordan River that runs into the Dead Sea. And across, on one side, it's Israel, and it's plush and gorgeous and vegetation. Man, these guys, God has blessed them with the knowledge of hydroponics. Man, those guys, nobody knows hydroponics like that country. 
and you look right across the border, right across the Dead Sea, and there's the nation of Jordan. And it looks like West Texas. It is desert. Man, it looks like New Mexico. There's nothing. It is barren. Yet on this side of the river where it's his people, in the physical sense, man, it's plush and, and, and blessed. And, and yet, and, and matter of fact, Jordan was actually the land of Edom and God actually cursed, or Esau, God cursed Edom because, because when God was, was having to punish his people, uh, at one point Edom came in and took advantage of it. And so he cursed him and he said, your land's gonna be barren. And yet here it is thousands of years later and you look across and yeah, it sure is, man, God wasn't playing. And yet he's blessing his people. In the spiritual sense, this covenant applies. That all these scriptures that we just read, it applies in a spiritual sense and you don't have to be part of his DNA. All you have to do, like what we've been studying about, is believe, have faith like him. Remember how did Abraham have faith according to the book of Romans? He believed when there was no reason to believe. When his eyes and his ears told him something different, he still believed the promises of God. And because we believe just like that, we are grafted into this covenant, to this agreement. To, you know, if, when you read it, you find out that he has provision for you. He has prosperity for you. He has blessings for you. He has security for you. He, matter of fact, you don't even have to deal. This covenant is so rich and, and he's going to take care of everything to such a point that even when there's conflict in your life, he said, look, when it comes to relationships, I'm going to bless those who bless you. I'm going to curse those that curse you. So even when folks are doing you wrong, you don't have to worry about it. Why? Because God's going to take care of it. He'll work it all out. He'll work all things for good. Now, it's simple because you say, well, hey, you know, it's, it's, well, yeah, I have faith in God. He's going to take care of me. Yeah, but I'm telling you, as we go, we're going to learn something even richer and deeper in it, okay? So this is what I want us to concentrate on. Verse one, he said, Abram, he said, I want you to go for your own sake, not for my sake, not for anyone's sake, but for your sake, for your own good. This is what I want you to do. I want you to leave your country. I want you to leave your family. And I want you to leave your father's house. What? You want me to do what? All the trappings of comfort and security and all the future plans he thought he had, all the things he thought he built that would bring him happiness and bring him security and bring him stability in his life. God said, yeah, walk away from it all. What? He said, man, I've got something for you. I've got a land for you. I've got purpose. I've got destiny. Can I suggest to you today that God has something phenomenal? He says, I know the plans I have for you and they're plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. God has got incredible purpose and destiny and promises for you. But the first part of this covenant, if we're going to walk in it spiritually, is this. You got to leave behind everything you thought was secure in your life. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 Dave. I have I've spent my whole life to work on my savings, to work on my, to work on my, uh, my retirement. I worked hard to get to where I'm at. I'm not telling you you have to physically walk away from all that. Unless the Lord directs you to, that's between you and God. 
Well, what I'm telling you is there has got to be at least a mental and spiritual shift to realize that your real security has nothing to do with your, your bank account, nothing to do with your retirement plan, nothing to do with the stocks that you own, nothing to do with what you've got on hand. Your real security has nothing to do with your marriage, has nothing to do with your family, has nothing to do with your job or your career. Your real security has to come through God and God alone. Why? Because what he has for you is permanent in your life. His word is the same today, yesterday, and forever. He's the God that never changes. He's the, he, he's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the ending. He's the one thing that is solid for us. Everything else that is terrestrial is transient. It changes. If you stick around long enough, nothing remains the same. That's just the way it is. There's no guarantee that the stock market is going to be good by the time we all retire. There's no guarantee that the banks are still going to be stable by the time we, we decide to kind of kick back in life. There's nothing wrong with planning. I'm not talking, look, the Bible says that a wise man leaves an inheritance to his children. You, we need to be good stewards of the funds that God gives us. We need to, there's nothing wrong with trying to map out, hey, let's, have, let's, let's figure out the next five years the best we can. Let's, where do we want to be in 10 years? Nothing wrong with any of that. Last week, uh, uh, Pastor Bob even talked about uh, uh, having a mission statement for your family so that every, everything that you do can line up with God's purpose. Find out God's purpose for your life. Write it down. Create a mission statement. Nothing wrong with any of that. That's good wisdom. But at the end of the day, it's got to be God and God alone that is our security. God and God alone that is our director God and God alone, whose purpose we serve. And sometimes that means moving away from everything we thought we built that we take security in, because none of it is secure. The only thing secure in our life is God. Abraham had to leave the country he was familiar with, the culture he was familiar with. He had to walk away from his family network of support. Man, I love being around family. Family means so much to me. Last weekend, I was down in Galveston with my, my girls and my sister and all of her kids, her kids and the, her grandkids. And man, we just had a good time. It was so good to be around family. But God said, no, no, no. He told Abram, walk away from that security. Walk away from your father's house. That means all of the inheritance, whatever cattle and crops his father had was going to be his one day. That was his future. Walk away from that, he said. That takes some guts. I'm walking away from everything, walking away from everything that I've worked my life to build up. And God said, no, no, I've got some place for you. And how many know that if God's got something for you, it's a whole lot better than anything that we could, we could create, right? Now, Paul said in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, Paul's talking about this decision that Abram, Abram had to make in order, in order to get to the promises of God. He says this, it says, Urged on by faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed and went forth to a place which, he, which, he, uh, which was destined to, re to receive as an inheritance, and he went, although he did not know uh, where he was going or trouble his mind about where he was to go. Prompted by faith, he dwelt as a temporary resident in the land which was designated in the promise of God, though he was like a stranger in a strange country. 
living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs with him. Fellow heirs of the same promise, for he was waiting expectantly and confidently, looking forward to the city which was fixed and has firm foundations, whose architect and builder is God. What this is saying is Abraham took a big chance in faith, and he left all of his creature comforts, everything that he thought was secure, to follow after the promise of God. And it said that he didn't even worry his mind about where he going to go. Well, isn't that, wouldn't that be wonderful to live our life like that? To get up and say, Lord, whatever you have for me today, I have no clue, but whatever it is, it's going to be great because you're going to be in the middle of it. And to pursue God instead of some of our own goals. To pursue after his will. Lord, what is your will? And let me pursue that. If it takes me out of my comfort zone, let me tell you one thing I've discovered in my life. It seems like all of God's promises for me and all of God's provisions for me exist outside of my comfort zones. Anytime I've had to grow in faith or reach out or experience an incredible encounter with God, I've had to get out of all the places that I think are secure. All the places I feel the safest. And just walk and find his purpose and destiny. And not worry about where I'm heading, but just put my total trust in God. It happened in ministry. Sometimes you got to do it in ministry. Uh, when I was 12 years old, I started preaching. When I was 16 years old, I, I had an encounter with God, and the Lord told me, he said, one day you will pastor a church. You're going to pastor a church, and I'm going to use you. You're going to be my shepherd, and you'll follow me, and you'll live by faith. Now, I thought I had it figured out. I spent most of my life uh, being raised and ministering at Abundant Life Church. It was my home church. Pastor Glenn Davis, he came and he's preached for us a couple of times. Y'all got to meet him. He was my spiritual dad, man. He was... Uh, the greatest pastor you'll ever meet. You'll never meet another man that's got a bigger pastor heart than his. Man, I, I grew up from a child, was in the youth group, became youth pastor, served 13 years as youth pastor, served nine years as associate pastor. Everyone who had me slated, I was his spiritual kid. When the day came that Glenn Davis would retire, I would step in. It seemed like the natural order. And I thought, look at that, God, you told me about this when I was 16 years old. And God said, no, I need you to leave it all behind. What? Leave your familiar country. Leave all your family. Let me tell you, the people at that church were like closer than family to me. They were my aunts and uncles and my cousins and my brothers and my sisters. I'd grown up knowing them. Leave your father's house, all the, the spiritual inheritance I could have had there. And the Lord said, no, you're going to be leaving it. What? This all makes sense, though. I've worked hard, man. I have sowed for, I have served this church for over 20 years in ministry, I've attended it my whole life. What the man, I've invested so much in it. He said, no, leave it. Next thing I know, I'm in a, I'm having coffee and tea with, with Bob over there and, and, and Paul Gibbs and all that. And they're saying, hey man, you've been pastoring from your front porch for four years. Why don't you come help pastor this church that we put together three months ago? And, and voila, here I am. You know, and it has taken me out of my comfort zone. It has taken me out of my security, you know? But I'm trusting the Lord. Hey, I don't know what he's got planned for us, but whatever it is, it's good because he's going to be right in the middle of it. He said, Dave, I need you to leave all that. Come to a place that I've prepared. So here we are. Sometimes it can be scary. Sometimes it can be earth shattering. Look at this. Proverbs chapter three. I'm going to try to wrap up really quick. Somebody say amen to that. 
If you can't say oh man when I preach, at least say oh me or something, right? Proverbs 3, chapter 5. Or I'm sorry, chapter 3, verse 5. Lean on, trust, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind and do not rely on your own insight or understanding. In all your ways, know, recognize, and acknowledge him and he will direct and make straight and plain your path. There's going to be times where you have to understand his ways are above our ways. It's not going to process it in your mind one bit. It's not going to make sense in your mind one bit. That's why the Bible tells us to believe in our heart and not with our mind. Believe with your heart, confess with your mouth. Because your mind's going to talk you out of it. Your mind's going to try to tell you how crazy you are for walking away from what it thinks that your comfort zone and your security and your network is. But your heart's going to let you know that you're in the right direction. Your heart's going to let you know that the, the Bible said that David was a man after God's own heart. He wasn't after the mind of God, but he was after the heart of God. The Bible says, protect your heart, for out of it is the wellspring of life. Look, your mind's going to, thoughts are going to come and go. But man, if you can keep your faith in your heart and understand that, hey, sometimes I got to leave a comfort zone. Sometimes I got to walk away from what's dearest to me. This past Sunday, I'm going to make somebody nervous because I, I, I understand I get way too transparent in, with my life. But sometimes God has me do that. Like one big, I'm, I'm one big giant flannel board. Y'all remember flannel board in Sunday school? I'm one big giant flannel board. It's one big giant demonstration. Uh, and, and I've been called to be a witness. A witness can only get on the stand and share what, what he or she, she has seen and experienced. Uh, one year ago, Sunday, Sunday was a year ago that my five-year plan and my 10-year plan and everything I thought I had secure in life and everything I worked for in life blew up, man. A nuclear bomb went off. And that's when, that's when I discovered uh, I was going through a divorce. Now, this is not to throw shade on anyone. Uh, I'm not going to say anything ill. Uh, she's the mother of my kids. I pray for her every day, and I love her because she's the mother of my children. And if she's blessed, then my kids are blessed. And if my kids are blessed, I'm blessed. And, and, and the Lord has worked incredible miracles for there to be peace. And, and I praise God for that. Uh, but still, and many of you have gone through it yourself. And know that, man, your world does blow up. And, and I was planning on fighting for everything I thought was mine. Man, I've worked hard. I've worked hard to get what I've got. Two days later, the Lord woke me up. So Tuesday would have been a year ago. Or this past Tuesday would have been a year of this encounter. The Lord woke me up and said, no, no, no. I said, let, let go of everything. When it's time to leave, you leave in peace. And I started crying. I said, Lord, you're asking me to leave with nothing. I felt like Abram. <laughs> leave my country, leave my family, leave my, leave my father's house. You're asking me to leave with nothing. And the Lord said, no, no, no. He said, you're leaving with me. You're leaving with everything. Most of you have had a front row seat of seeing how God has provided for me. It has nothing to do with me. I'm, a, I'm just as big of a mess as all y'all. But it has everything to do with him. And his covenant. I had to walk away from familiar territory and say, all right, I'm going with you. And he said, Dave, I got a place for you. And I got purpose for you. And I got life for you. And here I am. I've made it one lap around the sun. And God's bigger than he's ever been in my life. And God's better and greater than he's ever been in my life. And he's filled me with more joy than I can I, I could even know how to describe. And I'm seeing more purpose. And I'm understanding faith in a greater way. Some of you guys have dealt with it. You've, you've lost jobs. You've lost family members. You've, you've lost careers. 
yet you've embraced the call where God said, no, 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 I've got something even better for you. I've got something greater for you. I'm telling you, don't be afraid to step out of your comfort zone. Don't be afraid to leave the familiar and walk into the unknown. That's all God's saying. If you'll trust me, that's the first part of the covenant. If you'll trust me, I got a whole load of stuff for you that I'm going to do for you. And we're going to get into it for the, for the remainder of the weeks. But the first step is this. Get out of your comfort zone. Let go of all securities. Understand that he's the one that's secure. I'm not telling you to cash in your stock. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I'm just saying, don't put your security in that. Your security comes in God. And in the faithfulness of Jesus and his redemptive work. And God's covenant. He ain't going to lie to you. It's true. I'm going to close with this. Genesis chapter 35. You remember what I said in closing means? Absolutely nothing. No. Genesis chapter 35. I'll, I'll make it quick. It's a story of uh, Jacob and Rachel. Jacob was Abraham's grandson. He was living in the promise of this covenant that God said, if you'll trust me, I will take care of you in a huge way. And he was taking care of Jacob. You remember, Jacob loved Rachel, his wife, Rachel. He had two wives. He was married to Ra He worked seven years for Rachel. He worked with, for his uncle, Laban, for seven years. And the time came, woo, going to get to marry Rachel. She's beautiful. I'm in love with her. The Bible said it just seemed like a few days. And they partied really hard at the wedding. That night, he goes into his tent to consummate the marriage and thought he was going to bed with Michelle Pfeiffer. He woke up with Barney Pfeiffer. It was... Uh, it was Leah, the tender, the Bible, the King James called her tender-eyed. Now, there's a lot of debate as to what that means. I kind of think it may, may mean she got walleye. Y'all know what walleye is? Where one eye's looking at the wall, you know, right? That's, what I, that's my interpretation of it. That's the Dave translation. So anyways, Laban said, look, she's older than Rachel. I had to get her married off. Ain't nobody going to marry this woman. So I'm sorry. Hey, I had to trick you a little bit. But hey, work seven more years, you'll get Rachel. He worked 14 years for this woman. That's love. 14 years. Finally got to marry this woman. And man, she, 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 uh, while Leah had a bunch of babies, you know, Rachel, she, she gave birth to Joseph, who was his most beloved son. And she was pregnant again. And, and, the, and God had told Jacob, said, I want you to leave what you're at, where you're at. I want you to travel to Ephratah, this region called Ephratah. And the Bible said that Rachel went into labor as they were traveling and they had to stop. She stopped progress. And the Bible said it was hard labor. And she actually died while giving childbirth. And the, the, the nurse holds the baby, says, you got a boy. And in her dying breath, it was such torment and, and sorrow for her. And she knew she was dying. And in her dying breath, she named him. She says, I'm, I'm naming him Benoni. And it means son of my sorrow in Hebrew. Now, Jacob gets the news. He mourns. He was so heartbroken. He mourns and mourns and mourns. And when he finds himself together to where he can look at the baby, they, the nurse brings him out and says she named him Benoni. And Jacob made a decision because he knew he was having to let go of one of the most precious things he's ever come across. He had to let go of the woman that had brought him so much joy. The woman he had worked, he worked 14 years for this woman. Now you're going to take her away from me? 14 years I've worked for her. She was my life. I invested so much in her. And now she's gone. 
And he made a decision. He said, no, what's going to birth out of this is not going to be sorrow for me. He said, his name's not Benoni, but his name is Benjamin. means son of my right hand, son of power, son of authority. Can I tell you that when you start letting certain things die out in your life, even if it seemed precious to you, even if you put so much security and faith and hope in it, and life's not turning out the way you thought it would, and life took a different different direction than what you thought it would, if you'll, if you'll allow it to pass from your life, there's some power and authority that can be birthed out of it. It doesn't have to be a point of contention and sorrow for you, but there's some incredible power. And so the Bible says, Rachel died and was buried on the way to Ephratah, which is Bethlehem, it says. Ephratah, the region of Ephratah would eventually become Bethlehem, which means house of bread, House of sustenance. Who else was the bread of life? Jesus. Where was Jesus born? Bethlehem. Jesus Christ, the anointed one. Christ meaning the anointed one or the anointing. So when Jacob was on the way to a place where the anointing could be birthed, he had to bury his Rachel. Can I tell you that where God wants to take you, which is a place of power and authority and anointing and covenant and promise, you're going to have a Rachel you're going to have to let go of. You're going to have something in your life, I guarantee you, that's going to move you from the familiar to the unfamiliar, from the comfort zone to the wide open realm of faith. And don't be afraid because it's the first step into walking in his covenant. Step number one, you got to let it go. You want to encounter the covenant of God, the promises of God, they exist outside your comfort zone. When God would provide the manna, let's all stand and we're going to pray. When God, see that, that, that buys me about five more minutes right there. If I get you to stand up, I'm teasing. Um, When God would let the manna fall outside, he, he didn't let it fall right outside the tent. They had to get up out of their tent and walk and go get the provision. I had to get up and leave the tent, the comforts of the tent. God's got incredible manna for your life. But you're going to have to get yourself up and walk in faith. Father, I thank you so much for your covenant, for your promises. Thank you for all the things that you said that you would do for us. If we'll simply believe. So Lord, I pray that as a people, as a church, as a family, that you continue us on this journey of just simply believing in you, but to literally believing you. And at times that's going to take some craziness. At times that's that's going to take some uh, leaps of faith. And at times even blind faith. But your word is true. And let it become more true and more real for us. Father, I thank you for your grace, for your provision, for your love, and everything that you do for us. And I pray that you just allow my mortal attempts to convey in your truths. Uh, Holy Ghost, just, uh, just take the words and apply them specifically to every need represented here. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Everyone say amen. amen. Well, you are dismissed in the name of the Lord. Give somebody the elbow of fellowship and get into the air conditioning. Amen.